Yes, thanks for joining us for On The Pace on this Monday morning. Brittany Graham here with you this week. Mick Guerin will be aboard on Thursday for, again, another half an hour long showcase show in the lead up to the Inter-Dominion Grand Finals, which will be run on this Saturday night at Tabcorp Park, Menanga. We had the final round of heats last night at Newcastle. And again, it was a great night of racing. And now we have our final fields determined, which I'll go through uh, in a little while from now but in terms of our victors on last night's card Bundoran was able to secure his spot in that big grand final with a heat victory his first of the series and then we followed up with King of Swing and Expensive Ego who have remained unbeaten throughout the Inter-Dominion and they are the top two in betting for the grand final and really at this stage the only two given a significant hope of winning this series at this stage for tab punters and then in the trotters Mary Law was able to get a win on the board and the penny drops much the same two deserved victories for horses that have been racing really well through that trotting series so that is an open race that grand final there are a stack of chances and we'll talk about the barrier draw in a little bit more depth in the near future I wanted to have a chat this morning to Doug Lyons, though, who is the breeder of expensive ego, of course, a four-year-old who's swept all before him this season. He won the Chariots of Fire earlier this year. He won uh, many, many races throughout the season. He was second in the Miracle Mile. He's been here, there, and everywhere, and now he's a legitimate hope in the Inter-Dominion. And I wanted to find out a little bit more about expensive ego from basically the beginning, and Doug's been kind enough to join us this morning on on the pace. Thanks for your time this morning, Doug. How are you? Good morning, Brittany. How are you? Good, thank you. Very well, thank you. Let's chat about Expensive Ego. No doubt you're just so proud of what he's doing at the moment. You must be thrilled to have a horse that you've bred in an Inter-Dominion Grand Final. And not only that, he's a really big winning hope. At my age, it's a really marvellous thrill, I can assure you. Can you give us a little bit of your background in the sport? Oh, yes, I've been following harness racing since Bell's Paddock at Mitchelton, I'd say 78 years ago. So that's a bit of a hard one to pass. You've heard <laughs> of Bell's Paddock and Mitchelton? I must say I haven't, but you can maybe give us a little bit more insight. Uh, well, they used to, the, the bread carters and the milk carters and those people used to race their trotting horses at the paddock at Mitchelton, which is at the back of where the Gaythorne RSL is now. And they used to race there on Sunday both as a Monty and in the carts. And I used to go over as a boy with my mate and we used to watch it then. So it, it all, the bug bit me way back then. And in terms of to this point in time, uh, what has been, you're obviously a very successful breeder now, but what other roles have you played in the sport of harness racing? Well, I started off... Um, Actually, the first horse I owned, I bought from Russ Hins, Maduro Ace, way, way back. And then I took to breeding, and then I took to training as well as breeding. But this expensive ego is by far the standout of standouts, really, for me. Absolutely, and not surprisingly so. So he's by Rock and Roll Heaven out of Art Start, a perfect art mare. So how did he come about? Is that a mare that you'd bred with prior? She was obviously a very good race mare. And then I guess the cross with Rock and Roll Heaven, was that something that you had uh, thought about I thoroughly? I can't take too much credit for it, to be quite honest, Brittany. 
I I bought I purchased the service Rock and Roll Heaven when he was still in America. I was a bit wrapped in him, in me, and I booked the service back in 2015, 2011. I mean, 2011, and uh, I tried him with Easy Does It, didn't work. Tried him with Ronstadt, didn't work. We sold the property, moved to retirement village, so I no longer had a property to breed. So. Um, I had one more shot and Noel Denning from Burwood Stud organised for me to lease Art Start so I could use up, just simply to use up the rock and roll heaven service that I had uh, owing for so many years and that's how it all happened. So the rock and roll heaven story then, what made you so keen to, to get a service to him that you were to uh, pounce so early? just his record at the time I was just enthralled with the idea of it uh, uh, he, you know, he, he looked like he was the real next big thing that's what I thought that's why I jumped into it uh, I thought he was the next big thing which is what all breeders do try and pick Absolutely. the next big thing <laughs> yeah no doubt it is a little bit of a guessing game at times but he's done Much a great job that. rock and roll heaven <laughs> just having a look at of luck yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just having a look at Art Start's broodmare record now, she's done a remarkable job. Her first foal, Bodhi Tree, we know had injury concerns, but he did a marvellous job. Art's Treasure was the next, and Go Lightly and Expensive Ego subsequently. I believe Ben Stud now own her, and uh, she has a foal or now a yearling will be, be a, a rising will be going through the yearling sales next year you would assume by better's delight so that is going to be a foal that certainly will garner plenty of interest you sold expensive ego though was that always the plan as a breeder did you breed uh, to sell well the plan always as a breeder was to sell if the price was right uh, and keep and break in and train if you thought it wasn't right but i was in a bit of a bind because we'd sold the property and we're moving to a retirement village so I no longer had a property so it made it much more difficult I had to start all over again and find horse breakers horse trainers property so I just didn't feel I wanted that concern at a time of shifting life from farm to a retirement village so that's really why I sold um, but the uh, I also sold because the horse breaker that would normally have done the job for me had retired from horse breaking and that was a little bit of a slug on the day of the sale that I would have to start finding a new horse breaker which uh, that sort of tipped the, tipped the scales into selling. So you head to the sales with this colt by Rock and Roll Heaven that you no doubt uh, were pretty proud of. Was So obviously the price was right for you to let him go? Uh, the price was much, much lower than it would have been if he hadn't had a little bit of an accident at the stud, uh, Brittany. And really, I must give great credit to the owner. He, he uh, took the risk and took, and took the horse right through all the trials and tribulations of the early years and brought him up to this. And he must be given maximum credit for uh, everything he's done for that cult. Absolutely. And Jason also, Grice. Now, now he's with Luke McCarthy and Belinda will... What more could you want? <laughs> exactly right. Just looking at his overall record now, 29 starts, 21 wins, four further minor placings, and he's earned just shy of $700,000. Does that, I guess as a breeder, you always want your, your the horses that you breed to go on and do great jobs. But as a, a fan of harness racing, 
is there that little stinging feeling that you think, oh, well, maybe I should have found a breaker and just kept it myself. Now it's always easy in hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, if I was a lot younger, I might feel that way, but I don't feel that way at all. I don't have a worry in the world, and I enjoy immense. I enjoy as much. It's like it's part of the family still, even though he's not mine. Uh, you follow them all the way, and I don't. I don't care. I wish everyone the best that makes uh, good money out of him. But I've got no worries, and I can enjoy it to the utmost. And no decisions to make, so it's great. <laughs> Absolutely right. You're just enjoying the ride. So Saturday night, expensive ego lines up in the Inter-Dominion. The barrier draw will be tonight as well, and no doubt you'll be cheering as loud as anyone. Yes, well, I think if he draws really well and King of Swing is unfortunate enough to draw poorly, I think I think expensive's got a, a pretty sound chance. Absolutely, no. I agree wholeheartedly. Well, we appreciate your time this morning, Doug. It's great to learn a little bit more about those um, uh, breed horses as well as, of course, the trainers and drivers. But it's a great story, and it's been a real pleasure to have you for on the pace this morning. And best of luck with Expensive Thank Eagle you. on Saturday night. Thank you so much, Brittany. Appreciate it greatly. Thank you. Doug Lyon there this morning, the breeder of Expensive Ego, who's currently the second favourite for Saturday night's Inter-Dominion, but he's gone through the series thus far unbeaten. Three heats down, and including a track record at Bathurst last Wednesday, he's made it three victories at heat level, and he certainly is going to be a major, major player on Saturday night. We'll have a, a quick break here on On The Pace. In fact, Whilst we have a bit of time up our sleeve, we might actually have a chat to Anthony Butt, who, of course, is caretaker training alongside his partner, Sonia Smith, majestic man for this year's Inter-Dominion Series. And it's fair to say it's been a checkered path to this time, but the great news is that majestic man is through to that final on Saturday night and he is going to have to, no doubt, improve a little bit more off what we saw last night. But the team now have six days to get him to that uh, rich final in his best possible condition and Ants is on board to give us a little bit of an update this morning. Good morning Ants, how are you? Yeah, good morning Brett. Last night, a sigh of relief? Yeah, it was really, yeah, no, we were sort of happy with him leading into the race, we knew he'd sort of picked up a bit, but uh, no, really happy with the way he raced and recovered and, you know, hit the line really good. So after Wednesday night, we know that there was plenty of tests undertaken on Majestic Man. He didn't obviously perform anywhere near expectation. For the listeners who uh, maybe didn't hear exactly what transpired, what was the eventual result after that poor performance? Yeah, well, uh, straight after the race, but he had a high heart rate and um, and took a while to, to come down, you know. And so we took a the next day we scoped him and took a blood test and that kind of thing and. Um, just showed a bit of mucus in his lungs and um, the blood test sort of indicated that the same thing is sort of a fighting an infection. So um, we obviously treated him pretty aggressively, you know, for a couple of days while, while we're allowed to. And uh, he seemed to bounce back pretty well. So, you know, we're heading into last night into the unknown a little bit, but all indications were he's bright and uh, well on that. So, yeah, so he, he seems to be on the right track again. How did he feel during the run? Because we know that he's a horse that can get up and get on the job. He was that on night one. He wasn't that on night two. How was he during the run last night? He was actually really good. He, he can have a, you know, be a bit aggressive off the gate if you ask him to, but he, he actually come back nicely and slotted in and was just beautiful in the run. He just travelled really nice and 
the best part about it was the way he talked to me, Harry Sprinter, when I pulled him out. You know, very hard to make round three wide on that bend at Newcastle, but he really um, felt as if he was, you know, sprinting really good. And, you know, his times indicate that he got home in 26.9, you know, three wide. So it was, it was a pretty big run. Obviously, for to give him a real winning chance, the race probably wasn't run to suit. But with the scenario that you're in at the moment and the fact that you were pretty well into the grand final, it was actually a perfect run because it wasn't a brutally run 2,030-metre event. They did just basically sprint a quarter. That's right, but Yeah, we took the conservative approach. And I was just worried about if he did lead, he'd have to burn off the gate and he, he might have a race again. So the last thing we wanted was some sort of you know, hitting the wall up the straight. So it was really good to have him hitting the line. And as you said, it was a perfect run and he's come through a great. So they've gone 27-1 leader to winner. So have you privately clocked him 26-9? and nine? No, I just read one of the experts on the internet. Somebody <laughs> said that. So, uh, so, yeah, but, you know, he did make some ground on the leader and being three wide, you know, it sort of adds a bit more merit to the run. Absolutely. All importantly, how has he pulled up today? Yeah, he's great. Yep. Stonya took him out of the paddock this morning and he towed it to the paddock. So... No, he seems really bright. He ate up pretty good. And uh, so, yeah, as I said, it's you know, never an ideal preparation, but we think we're winning the battle. And uh, so we've just got to keep the fingers crossed. And he just, you know, he's, he only got to keep improving a little bit all week. And, you know, I'm sure it'll be, you know, very close to his best for the final. I know that there's been plenty said about him as a horse and the fact that he's probably more like a thoroughbred and he doesn't take a great deal of work. So that's a positive because if he was a big roly-poly burly guy that needed a stack of work this week, it would probably make your job a lot harder. Yeah, it would, Brett. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, really good comment. He's, he's sort of is trained like a thoroughbred. He does very little work. He does most work on the lead. And uh, Phil sort of, you know, and Brad, they've all said, you know, the, the better he feels in himself and the fresher and... Uh, you know, happier he is, the better he races. So, yeah, we'll just give him an easy week and try to get him, you know, his mind mentally fresh. And he's sort of like a caged tiger if he's um, climbing the walls before the race. That's sort of when he races best. In saying that, even aside from the health issues that he's faced, there's a school of thought from some that the 3,000 metres just isn't going to suit him at all anyway. Are you of that same opinion or do you think if he's at his best, it really won't matter? No, I don't think it'll matter. You know, he's run second in the Dominion in New Zealand last year, you know, the biggest trot over there. Um, he, you know, I think he, he run, just got beaten in the Dominion final over 2,700 at Alexandra Park a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's probably fair to say he was unlucky not to win. And so, yeah, he's been placed in all the big races over distance in New Zealand. So, you know, I really think it'll be right up his alley. And in terms of the barrier draw tonight, this Trotters series is so open and there are so many chances but a front row barrier draw for this guy in his best form uh, would be really really important yeah probably Brett he's you know he's very fast off the gate I don't think if I light him up anything will hold him out early but then you've got to worry about you know if he's going to over race after that and mm. you know I wouldn't actually be too worried if he drew the second row to tell you the truth so um, you know he settles really good on a helmet so, yeah, he's got a lot, a lot of options and, you know, as I said, we'll worry about that after tonight. And, um, but, you know, he's not a one-trick pony. He's, he's proven he's, he can come off a helmet, you know, just as well as racing in front.
I actually remember when he was sort of making his way through the grades and he was known as probably more of a, a speed horse than anything else. So uh, that's a, an important point to note as well. It's such an open series though and there are so many horses that are coming into this in good form, some that have performed above expectation some that we have just come to expect that that's what they're going to do but I know this is probably going to be a hard question to answer but who is the main danger at this point in time? Yeah it's a really good race you know there are a lot of chances uh, a lot of the drivers will you know they'll think they've got a great chance of winning so they'll drive accordingly which makes it you know for a better race but obviously Mary Lauren the penny drops you know the 3,000 metres is going to suit them you know up to their ears and you know, Pingalaz will be probably opportunist. She's probably going to need a few favours and run, but she is devastating with her speed if she, you know, gets that soft run. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of scenarios here and a lot of horses going in with a great chance. So, you know, it definitely makes it a great race when there's so many of the drivers, you know, think they can win. 100%. No, it's going to be a really, really good contest, that. And it's going to be a race where the field, probably the entirety of the field, have genuine winning chances. Appreciate the update this morning, Ants. Best of luck for the week to come and also for that barrier draw tonight. Yeah, thanks very much, Brett. And you're listening to On The Pace on this Monday morning. We're discussing New South Wales harness racing. And, of course, at the moment, the biggest event is the Inter-Dominion. And we had the final round of heats last night at Newcastle. In the Paces division, Expensive Ego and King of Swing were able to make it clean sweeps. But in the trotting division, we just spoke to Anthony Butter about Majestic Man. It is so open. There are so many chances. And two horses that were able to take out the final trotting round heats last night were so deserved of victory. Mary Law for the Brosnans and Greg Sugars and the Penny Drops. And what a story this is. This five-year-old gelded son of Danny Boucher is making his way into the Inter-Dominion as the pre-barrier draw favourite. He has come a long way in a very short time. His trainer, Ray Harvey, has been kind enough to join us this morning as well. And Ray, as I say good morning to you, congratulations for a start, for getting to this point. How are you feeling after what's no doubt been a, a whirlwind week or so? It's been overwhelming, isn't it? Um, <laughs> probably three months ago, we didn't expect them to be anywhere near you. Here we are, and uh, in a big chance. What was the, I guess, thought process into coming for the Inter-Dominion? Was it always something that you wanted to, to have a crack at, or was it a case of, uh, you know, you saw the rankings, saw where he was tracking and thought, well, let's go up at the last minute, or was it something that you were always targeting yourself towards? I wouldn't say it was targeted, but we, it was always in the back of the mind. And then, well, with all the COVID restrictions and all that, I did not even consider it. And after the Kilmore one run and the restrictions eased, well, like I said earlier, there's someone you had to go in and had to be nominated, can't get in afterwards. So here we are. And like I said, he's done everything right since he's got here. He's Oh, him with a big chance, I think. He certainly is. He can't have done any more so far in this series. And just firstly for our On The Pace listeners, I know you joined us on In The Giga a few weeks ago, but just give us a brief overview of the Penny Drops. You're obviously involved in breeding him, but the name has its own story uh, in its own right. But he's a, he's a funny horse, isn't he? He is. He's got his little quirks. When uh, when he was broken in, he wouldn't go forward. Finally got him out of bed. And, uh, frankly, he was just a big dumb bugger. You know, he didn't know what was going on. It took him a fair while to learn things. 
But then all of a sudden the batting started to drop and that's how he got his name to start with. And he's just kept improving. And I think this year, especially since Adelaide, he's really matured into a good, big, strong horse. Not that he wasn't big and strong before, but he, he's really matured, filled out with everything. And no, I wouldn't play for anyone. You just spoke of Adelaide. That would have been Adelaide when I didn't tip him and he won the South Australian Trotters Cup, right? That's right, yeah. He's forgiven <laughs> you for that. <laughs> well, if he can win the Inter-Dominion, I'll look like a a real silly because uh, he's come out only six months later or so and is going to be a major player either way. But how is he? How has he come through those three runs? I think Grant Campbell has driven him beautifully throughout as well. He's got very confident on him Grant, hasn't he? And like you said, each time he gets on, he's driving him a bit better. Ross copped everything really good. That's that's one of his attributes. He just chills out all the time. He uh, lit down last night, you know, like he had a tree trip up there and back like everyone else. And he's pretty used to travelling, as you know. He's been battling a few times. and So, no, nah, look, he's, he's, like I said before, I wouldn't talk with anyone. I think he's going as good. The 3,000 metres is the real bonus to him. He just keeps running. Yep, we know that's certainly going to be the case. But And, and there's been this school of thought that he doesn't have speed. He's dour and he'll roll along all day. But he's he's proven that to just be not right the last two nights. At Bathurst, he produced a brilliant closing last 800, the quickest of the trotting heats. And then last night, he exploded when Grant asked for an effort. So that must give you a little bit more confidence because we know in a race like the Inter-Dominion, positions in running are going to be at a premium. So if you can go in and know that no matter where he is, he's going to be a big player, uh, has that surprised you, the speed that he's shown? Or have you always known that he's got it? No, it has surprised us a little bit. Like, uh, I thought he'd been probably one or two horses back further than he was last night, but he's starting to come off the mobile. I shouldn't say it, should I? But he's been starting to come off the mobile really good, so... And putting himself in the race a little bit better. But uh, it does come back to mature and, and find a bit of speed. And when you're, when you're racing it against better horses, you improve yourself as well, and that's what he's doing. You've just spoken about his mobile manners and touch wood, he's been very good this series so far, but Grant was very open last night in saying that he wasn't going to drive him outside of his comfort zone and, and push him off the gate from the improved position. So does that mean that tonight's barrier draw, as much as you'd like a kind barrier draw, it's obviously not the be-all and end-all for your guy? It's not, because it is, like Grant said, you, you can't push the button and expect him to explode off. If you do that, he will gallop for sure. Yeah, well, that is certainly a positive in his favour because there are quite a few horses that are going to be reliant on a, a good gate to put themselves right into a prime position. Well, Ray, we'll see you on Saturday night at Menangle. You're heading into this Inter-Dominion with the livest of chances in the penny drops and he's been garnering a real support crew as well which is super to see uh, we appreciate your time this morning on on the pace and best of luck tonight for that barrier draw anyway very good thank you very much Brittany.
Ray Harvey there, the trainer and part owner as well of the Penny Drops. He is the pre-barrier draw favourite for the Tab Inter-Dominion Trotting Championships. He comes through the heats with a, a minor placing on night one, a second, and then he was midfield at Bathurst, and then he won quite dominantly last night in the final heat in a 157-mile rate. So we've spoken this morning to Doug Lyon, the breeder of Expensive Ego, also Anthony Butt, who knows what it's like to win an Inter-Dominion. He's won a few, and he's looking to win another with Majestic Man on Saturday night. And, of course, Ray Harvey with the Penny Drops, who could well be the story of the series. That's on the pace for this Monday. The build-up continues to Saturday night and the tab into Dominion Pacing and Trotting Championships. I'll be back on board on Wednesday, Mick Gearan on Thursday, and there'll be plenty more to chat about as well. That barrier draw tonight, Sky Racing 2, 7.30 for the Pacers and the Trotters, so that's important. King of Swing, the Pacing uh, favourite pre-barrier draw, the Penny Drops for the Trotters. So Sky Racing 2 tonight at 7.30 is where you'll see that live and all-important barrier draw. Thanks for joining us this morning on On The Pace.